the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lord's Day. Happy Sunday. You're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour, and I'm your host, Sam Nicholas. We'll be with you for the next hour, and we are a live call-in program, so you can call in tonight with your prayer requests. You can call in tonight with your Bible questions, but before we do anything, of course, we want to open the program with prayer. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we come before you, Lord. Grateful, thankful, and hopeful in this new day, of course. On this, the Lord's Day, your day. The day that we remember to gather together in your house to give you praise. This is our Sabbath, Lord. This is the day that we take to honor you, Lord. And I pray that this program will honor you, Lord, tonight. That you would have your way. Holy Spirit, take over. Lead us and guide us into the presence of our awesome and mighty Father, who does abundantly, exceedingly beyond the things we ask or think. Lord, I just pray that needs would be met tonight, Lord. I pray a blessing on each and every listener, each and every caller, Lord. Lord, that you would have your way. Be glorified in all that you do tonight and for eternity, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, again, you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. We're a late-night talk show program, call-in program. You can call in with your prayers. If you need prayer, if you know somebody who needs prayer, I encourage you to call in tonight because prayer is the victory that we need. You know, the, the first thing we do in any situation, in any circumstance, is pray because we know that God hears our prayers. We know that God answers prayers. You know, look what it says in James 5, uh, 5.13, 5.14. It says, Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer, listen to this, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will will raise him up. So if you pray this prayer, if you call in tonight for prayer, and you 
pray that prayer, you're praying in faith, God's going to hear that prayer. Every prayer offered up in faith is heard by God because you're directing your desire, you're directing your prayer to the mighty, awesome God of the universe who does abundantly, the Bible tells us, who does abundantly, exceedingly, beyond the things that we ask or think. So call in. Call in for prayer tonight. If you need prayer, if you know somebody who needs prayer, call in. The number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. If you need prayer, or if you know somebody in prayer who needs prayer, you know, there there's an outbreak right now of a virus, whether it's the COVID virus or if it's the flu you know, people are suffering and sick, and we're going to pray for some people in just a few minutes. But we need to pray. We need to pray that the Lord would would, would get us through this season of a flu, the season of COVID again. Whatever's going on, God is able to heal. God is able to raise up those who are sick. So let's pray for those who are sick. If you're sick physically, God has the answer to your physical ailment. If you're ill spiritually, the Lord has the answer to that too. It's his grace and his mercy and forgiveness. You know, if you strayed from God and if you need help coming back to the Lord, all it takes is a prayer of repentance. God is waiting for you to come back to him. He hasn't left you. He hasn't strayed from you. So if you're suffering spiritually, call in tonight and let's pray. If you're suffering physically, call in. You know, if there's an addiction in your life or uh, in, in somebody in your family that you know who's addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, whatever the addiction is, God has broken the chains of sin and addiction. It all comes down to believing, having faith, and lifting up your heart, lifting up your 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 your, your prayer to Him. So again, the number is eight 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 nine nine five. Five 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 two. That's eight 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 nine nine five 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 two for the live on air calls. If you need prayer, or if you know somebody who needs prayer, if you have a Bible question, and we had a lot of questions last week on the Jehovah Witnesses, but if you have a question tonight about the Bible, about Christianity, about uh, doctrine, theology, the cults, the occult, whatever your question is tonight. Call in, and we'll find the answer. We'll look for the answer. You know, I don't have the answer to your question, but Jesus does. Jesus is the answer to all of our questions. And in the Word, we find the answer to those questions, whether it's on doctrine, theology, the cults, the occult, whatever. Call in tonight with your questions. This number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995. Nine nine five fifty five fifty two. Like I, in the opening, I was praying and talking about uh, today is the Lord's day, and we gather together as the body of Christ to go to church. So I encourage you: be in church, be in church. You know, let's get together as the body of Christ to praise the Lord in our in our worship, to hear His preaching, to offer up our prayers. Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's the day that we get together in fellowship around the Word, around worship, 
to come before the Lord. So be in your local church, whether you have morning service, afternoon service, evening service, whatever time the service is, be in your local church. If you don't have a local church, I'll help you find one. All you have to do is email me at sammynla.kkla at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what area you live in, and I'll suggest one or two churches in your area uh, that you might want to visit, and hopefully uh, you know, the Lord will lead you there. So, again, if you need a church in your area, if, you're not, if you don't have a church, if you're not attending a church, and you need help finding a church, email me at sammynla, that's S-A-M-M-Y, and as in Nancy, L-A dot kkla at gmail.com, and I'll, uh, I'll suggest a couple of churches in your area. Just let me know where you, what area you live in. You can also email me your prayer requests, and we'll be praying during the week, and then we'll be praying on the air for those prayer requests. If you have a question that doesn't get on the air tonight uh, or during the week, if you have a question, email me your question, and I'll answer it on the following broadcast. So again, that's Sammy N L A. That's S A M M Y N is in Nancy. L A. dot K K L A. at Gmail. dot com. Amen. Okay, let's pray for some people. I see. Uh, I see a prayer request on the board here. I think it's from David. Uh, I don't know if I can move this around. No. The, there's a the time the time is blocking. Uh, it says David from Pomona would like prayer for high blood pressure issues. So let's pray for David. Let's pray for many. Uh, he's going to be going to the doctor on Monday, so we want to hear good results. We want to hear the results. Uh, the report of the Lord. We also want to pray for Teresa Mitlow. Uh, we also want to pray for Sean and Denise, Joey and Nicole, David and Danielle. And we're going to pray for Brian and Natalie. Uh, Jeremiah uh, needs prayer and his mom for healing. We also want to pray for Israel. And also, of course, uh, let's see, oh, Mimi uh, for her health, for her job, and to find a permanent home. We want to pray for Marcelo and also for Seth. So, Father, we come before you, Lord. Lord, with these prayer requests, Lord, the, the needs of your people, we stand in that gap, Lord, for the needs of your people here on the radio. And we want to just lift up these prayers to you, Lord. We're asking for healing for David. Lord, he's dealing with high blood pressure, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would lower his blood pressure and that you would heal him, Father, totally and completely. I pray for many of God for, for the doctor that we're going to go to on Monday, that we would hear your report, Lord, that we would have good results, Lord, and that you would heal many and keep him healed, Lord. Heal him totally and completely, Father, that there would be no cancer. I pray for Teresa, Mugodot, that this new procedure that they're looking at, that this would help her, Lord, that you would use this to heal her, that you just touch her and heal her heart, Lord. We pray your grace and your mercy. I pray your continued blessing for Sean and for Denise, for Joey and Nicole, for David and Danielle, Lord, that you would give them the desires of their heart, 
that you would fulfill your purpose and your plan in their in their in their lives. And Lord, I pray for Brian and Natalie. Lord, that your grace and your mercy would be upon them. For Jeremiah, for his needs and also for his mom's healing. Pray for Mimi, Bukhadad, for her health, for her job, that you would provide her with a permanent home, Lord. For Marcelo, that your grace and your mercy would would would, would sustain him, Lord, would be enough for him, Lord. You told Paul, my grace is enough. I pray your grace upon Marcelo and for Seth, Lord, grace and salvation. We pray for Israel, Lord, that your protection again would be upon the people of Israel, your people, the people that you've chosen, Lord, the people that you used to bless the world through Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray for victory in Israel for peace in Israel, for your protection. We pray all of this, Lord, according to your purpose and your plan. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know that was a long prayer list, but uh, we've got a lot of prayers here. So, and we have an awesome God who who hears each and every prayer and answers each and every prayer. So if you need healing for whatever, spiritual healing, physical healing, financial healing. If you need prayer, call in. You know, if you have a need, prayer is the answer. So call in at 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552 for the live on your calls if you need prayer. Also, if you have questions, questions about the Bible or Christianity, Questions about doctrine or theology. I mentioned we had calls last week on the Jehovah Witnesses asking questions about what they believe and are they a cult. Well, if you have a similar question, call in 888-995-5552. Let's go to our first caller of the evening, and we're going to talk to Sandy. Hi, Sandy. You're on the Gypsy Christian Hour. Hello, Sandy, you there? Guys, are the phones working? Hello, Sandy, are you there? Okay, would you guys put Sandy on hold? Uh, I think I can... Let's put Sandy on hold. And let's go to Yolanda on line one. Hi, Yolanda, you're on the Gypsy Christian Hour. Guys, there's something wrong with the phones. Are we are we on the phone? Are we on the lines? Uh, hello, Yolanda, are you there? Well, I'm going to put Yolanda on hold here. And I don't know. Okay, well, while we figure out our phone line problem... Uh, we're going to continue. Let's continue with the program. Uh, I don't usually get a chance to to share a message, but uh, tonight let's talk about the Bible. You know, sometimes we go out witnessing, and hold on. Are we there yet? No. Okay. Well, sometimes we go out with the sink, 
And when we go out witnessing, we often run across various challenges. You know, sometimes people don't want to admit they're sinners. Who wants to admit they're sinners? Nobody wants to admit they're wrong or that they've done wrong. So a lot of times people don't want to admit that they're sinners or they think they don't need salvation. They live a good life. They live a pretty decent life. And it's possible to live a a good moral life and think that you don't need salvation. You don't need Jesus. There are a lot of people that, that live good moral lives and they don't think they need Jesus. You know, but they don't realize that if you've sinned once, if you've broken one command, you're guilty of breaking them all. And the Bible tells us that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, there's, there's not one righteous, the Bible says, not one. No one is righteous. Nobody lives a perfect life. You could think you live a perfect life, you know, but you, you, you don't. That's reality. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there are people that think they don't need salvation. They don't need God. So what do you do in those situations? Well, you try and use Scripture, like I just quoted Scripture, to, 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 to show people that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But sometimes... People will bring up, well, the Bible, you know, I don't really believe the Bible. How can you believe the Bible? It was written by man. We run across people who say they don't believe the Bible is the Word of God. You know, their objection, of course, is that the Bible was written by men. There must be mistakes. There must be mistakes in the Bible. So, how do you deal with that? Let's 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 deal with that tonight. Do you believe that the Bible is full of mistakes? Or do you believe that there's even one mistake in the Bible? You know, did you did think about that? Did you ever hear that? Did you ever run across people who say that the Bible is not the uh the word of God, that the Bible is not the inerrant, that's the word I was looking for, the inerrant without mistakes, without any kind of mistake. There's no errors in the Bible. There's no mistakes in the Bible. So let's deal with that. Are there mistakes in the Bible? Or how about this? Does the Bible contradict itself? Are there contradictions in the Bible? You know, we contend as Christians that the Bible is the inspired Word of God totally and completely inspired Word of God. That, well, let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All Scripture, and you know in the Greek, what all, you know what the Greek word for all means? All. Everything. It, 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 it encompasses everything in the Bible. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You know, and that word 
inspired by God means God breathed. It means out, literally, literally it came from, Scripture comes out of the mouth of God. It's God breathed. It's inspired. You know, no matter who God used to write the Bible, he told them what to write. He gave them his word. And for this, uh, so this is what Christians believe. This is where we are, that the Bible is the inspired word of God directly from the Lord. You know, and also, 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us in the second chapter, 13 and 14 verses, it says, and for this reason and for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. You accepted it, not as words from men, but you accepted it for what it really is, the word of God, and it performs its work in you. You know, and Peter goes on, Second Peter, let's read the scripture. Second Peter one twenty. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human or by men. But moved by the Holy Spirit, men spoke from God. So this is what we contend. This is what we say, that Scripture, the Bible, is not from man, but from God. So if the Bible is inspired and written by the Holy Spirit, as, as we claim, as Christians claim, there can't be any mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. Well, they say that uh, our phone lines should be on again. So if you want to try and call, let's try and take the callers. It's one 888 That's 888 888- Nine nine five 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 two. Please excuse our technical difficulties tonight, but try and call in tonight again if you need prayer. If you know somebody needs prayer, if you have a question on on, on what I've been saying about the Bible, about Christianity, the cults, the occult, give us a call. Let's try the phone lines again. the The board is clear and the lines are open. Let's see if we can talk to you again. It's eight 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 nine nine five. Five 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 two. That's eight 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 nine nine five fifty five fifty two for the live on your calls. If you need prayer, if you know somebody needs prayer, call in. If you have a question about the Bible, about Christianity, about the cults, the occult, doctrine, theology, again, call in eight 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 nine nine five 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 two. That's eight eight eight. 995-KKLA. It's an easy number to remember. So let's try the phone lines again. Uh, if you call in, we'll take your phone call 
and we'll see if we can get you on the air and pray for your prayer requests, answer your questions, whatever's going on, let's talk about it. So does are there mistakes, are there errors, or are there contradictions in the Bible? If the Bible is from God, if the Bible is written, inspired by God, by the Holy Spirit, then there cannot be any mistakes. There cannot be any mistake in the Bible. So, what do you do when someone says there are all kinds of mistakes in the Bible? Well, you say with respect, with grace, show me. Show me a mistake. Show me a contradiction. Show me somewhere in the Bible where it's inaccurate or doesn't doesn't it contradicts itself or it's a mistake. What they will show you, or what somebody might show you, well, let's see here. It says that Yolanda's back, so I'm going to try one more time to go to Yolanda on line one. Hi, Yolanda, you there? Well, it doesn't look like we're going to have any phone calls tonight, guys. Is there something on my side that that's wrong? Okay. Well, Yolanda, if you're listening, I'm sorry we couldn't take your phone call, but we're going to try and we're going to try and get the phones to work again. So, let's keep trying uh with our technicians to get the phones back online. And hopefully we'll be able to take some calls before we go off the air tonight. Um, we're almost halfway through the program, but let's keep going. Are there mistakes in the Bible? What do you do when someone says there are, kind, there are all kinds of mistakes in the Bible? I've had people say that. There are all kinds of mistakes in the Bible. There's all kinds of errors in the Bible. And you say, show me. And what sometimes people are able to come up with are not contradictions, well, they think they're contradictions, but they're apparent contradictions. They're, they're contradictions that look like they contradict each other, but they don't really. There's always an explanation. There's always an answer for people's uh, uh, people thinking that there are mistakes in the Bible. There are no mistakes. You know, back in 1948, uh, when a shepherd boy uh, went into a cave uh, looking for one of his goats or lambs that was, was lost or had gone astray, uh, he ran across these clay jars. And unknown to him, these clay jars held ancient manuscripts of the Old Testament, uh, Scripture, uh and it was the, these these manuscripts were eight hundred years older than any manuscripts that we had at the present time at that present time. So once these manuscripts were discovered, everyone thought, well, now we're going to find out if what we have as the Bible is accurate. Now we're going to find the mistakes. Well, they went through the ancient manuscripts uh, from Qumran the Dead Sea Scrolls, and you know how many 
mistakes they found or contradictions they found or errors they found, zero. You know, there were uh, different. There were differences like this. Some uh, some manuscripts said Jesus Christ, and some manuscripts said Christ Jesus. There were absolutely there. There were difference. There were differences in style, but no substantive differences in doctrine, theology, or anything that would make you think that what we have or what they had at the time was inaccurate. There were no mistakes. That's a confirmation of manuscripts that were 800 years older than the manuscripts they had at that time. So there's been nothing ever discovered, no manuscript evidence ever discovered to show that there's that the Bible we have today was any different than the Bible or Scripture they had uh, when these, when the Bible was written, whether by Moses or by the apostles, so or the prophets, nothing changed in the Bible, and that's a miracle in itself. Think, think of of, of how old the Bible is. It's over thirty five hundred years old. Moses started writing the the scripture Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the Torah. He wrote that thirty five hundred years ago. And there have been copies for copies and copies and never has there been anything seen in any of the manuscripts that are different. That's a miracle. That's a miracle by itself. But let's talk about the contradictions or what we think are contradictions, uh, So, what some people think are contradictions. So these are not mistakes or contradictions at all. They just look like that. When you look closer, when you study the Bible, you always find that there's a very good explanation for an apparent contradiction or what looks like a contradiction. So let's look at Abraham. Um, Abraham, the Bible says in Genesis 22, 2-3, and he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So God makes a statement here. He's telling Abraham, to take Isaac, his son, his only son, to the land of Moriah and to sacrifice him there uh, on a mountain which God would tell him. So, but when you look at Genesis 25, it says that Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimram and Jokshan and Midan and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. And Joksan became the father of Shiva and Dedan. And this doesn't even mention uh, Ishmael. You know, Ishmael uh, was born to Abraham before Isaac. So why does Genesis 22 say that Abraham had only one son, and Genesis 25 says that he had many more sons. It looks like a contradiction, doesn't it? 
The answer is simple. Isaac was Abraham's only son from his wife, Sarah. Isaac was the son promised to Abraham. Isaac was the, was the promised blessing. Remember, only begotten doesn't mean only one. Only begotten can mean unique or one of a kind. You know, that's like Jesus is the only begotten. He's the unique, one of a kind. There's no one else like him. Isaac was one of a kind. Isaac was unique. Isaac was the promised son from God to be a blessing to the world. Through Isaac came Jacob. Through Jacob came Joseph. Through you know, or, or the twelve or through uh, Jacob came the twelve tribes of Israel. So Isaac was the promised son. Isaac was the promised blessing. Isaac was Abraham's only son through Sarah. So he was the only begotten, the unique. One of a kind. So Abraham had many other sons besides Isaac, but only Isaac was in the line of God's divine plan and blessing. Amen? So does that is that a contradiction? No, that's not a contradiction. It it's an apparent contradiction. It looks from the surface like a contradiction. It looks like it might be a mistake in the Bible, but it's not a mistake and it's not a contradiction. There's always an explanation. There's always a reason for what people think might be a contradiction. Well, I don't know if the phones are working again, but we're going to try one more time. Okay, they're going to answer. Hello, Yolanda, you there? No, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not getting anything. Can Okay. Well, we're done for calls for the rest of the night. They say we just can't seem to take any calls tonight, but please forgive us for our technical difficulties. But uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, As we pass the uh, bottom of the hour, I want to remind you uh, that we are a listener-supported program. And uh, if you've been a listener for a long time or you just started, uh, we hope to be a blessing we hope to be of, 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 uh, of substance here that the Lord uses this program to, uh, to heal and to uh, console and to comfort uh, Christians through prayer, through the Word, through the Bible. Uh, so I hope you'll be praying this week to ask the Lord if he would have you support us financially. You know, we can use the help to stay here on KKLA. We've been here for 36 years and we want to keep going. But that takes your help, your financial donations. So if you would, please pray this week and see if the Lord would have you support us financially. You can make a check or money order out for $5, $50, $500, it, whatever you can afford, whatever the Lord puts on your heart because there are no small donations. Every donation that we receive is so appreciated and goes directly to keeping us here at KKLA. 
So would you consider that? Consider making a check or money order out to GCH Ministries. That's GCH Ministries, Gypsy Christian Hour. And you can send it to P.O. Box 93917. That's P.O. Box 93917, Pasadena, California, 91109. Um, as the Lord leads, uh, consider us uh, for a donation. Again, GCH Ministries, P.O. Box 93917, Pasadena, California, 91109. So let's keep going. Here's another uh, apparent contradiction in the Bible. Here's the question. Did Jesus accept something to drink on the cross or not? Because in Matthew 27, 33 through 35, it says, And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they gave him wine to drink mingled with gall. Now there's there's the important Thing you got to remember, they gave him to drink wine mingled with gall, and after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. So they gave him some wine, and he refused to drink it. But then in John 19, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now the difficulty is resolved this way. Because it looks like in Matthew it says he didn't drink, but in John it says he did. So how do you look at this scripture, at the differences in these two scriptures? The difficulty, like I said, is resolved this way. The first time, the first time, see there were two, these were two different times that they tried to give him to drink. The first time the wine was drugged with bitter narcotics. It says the wine was mingled with gall. That was a bitter narcotic. The effect of which would have to stupefy the crucified. It was to ease their pain. It was to ease or stupefy or, or kind of numb them to what the pain, what they were going through. And that would have that wouldn't Jesus didn't want to do that. Jesus wouldn't do that because he had to bear all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of our sins. He did not want anything to nullify his sacrifice. So Jesus refused the wine that was mingled with a narcotic. He refused that one. After that Sometime after that, he drank, he accepted the wine, which was free from drugs. It says there was a, that they gave him a sponge full of sour wine. So there wasn't any drugs in that soured wine. And that wine was free from drugs, from any type of narcotic. 
So that was given to him, and he accepted it, for he himself cried out for it. He said, I am thirsty. He asked to drink, and they gave him sour wine, and he accepted it. So these were two separate occasions. During the same time span, the first time they offered him wine that was mingled with drugs, and he refused it. The second time they offered him wine that was free from drugs, and he accepted it. Um, What one author mentions does not necessarily cover the whole series of events. Okay, Matthew saw the the, the thing about the, the mingled wine, or the wine that had narcotics in it, and that stood out to him. John saw that Jesus said, I am thirsty, and he asked for something to drink. He drank it, and then he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So what one author mentions doesn't necessarily cover the whole series of events. He might legitimately mention one thing and disregard another, which might be mentioned by another author. That's why we have four Gospels. That's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because each author gives a unique perspective to what they saw and what stood out to them. So that's why we have four Gospels. And these are not contradictions. They just give the fuller picture taken together. When you put the the four Gospels together, you have a beautiful picture, a beautiful narration of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So, you know, and and even even with four Gospels, they don't have everything that Jesus ever did or said. Uh, I believe it's John who said that if they were to, to if they were to, to to say everything or write down everything that Jesus did, everything he said, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain them. So even with the four Gospels, we don't have everything that Jesus ever said or did, but we have a beautiful picture, a beautiful narration of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death on the cross, his resurrection. You know, the sermons, you know, the Sermon on the Mount is considered uh, the greatest sermon ever spoken by anyone. And we have it. We have all this recorded in Scripture by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we can trust Scripture. We can trust the Word of God. We can trust the Bible that wasn't written by men, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. There are no mistakes. You know, I've, I've, I've challenged people to find mistakes in the Bible. Find me a contradiction, because if you can find one mistake in the Bible, that would, uh, what's the word, you know, that would totally nullify God's word. Because God can't, if it's, if it's inspired by God, if it's God-breathed, then God can't make a mistake. But if there is a mistake, then that shows it's not really truly from God. It's not truly inspired. So find a mistake in the Bible and let's look at it. Or find what looks like a mistake in the Bible and see if we can find the answer. You know, even uh, when you study Scripture and you don't, uh, you you come across a very hard Scripture. You know, the analogy of faith says that Scripture interprets Scripture. 
you know, you can, if you find a hard scripture about something, then find an easier scripture that talks about the same thing. You know, scripture, inter- the Bible interprets itself. There's always an answer. That's why I say the Bible has the answers to all of our questions because Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the answer because he is the Word. And we find all the answers of our life, for our life, in Jesus. Well, let's talk about one more apparent contradiction in the Bible. In Matthew 20, through 29, uh, 29 through 34, it gives us an account of uh, Jesus going, uh, visiting Jericho. And it says, as they were going out from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men were sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the multitude sternly told them to be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus stopped and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. And moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight, and they followed him. Okay, so Jesus is encountered by these blind men, and he heals them. That's not the that's not the controversy here. If you look at the beginning of the scripture, it says, "And as they were going out from Jericho, remember that. Underline that in your Bible. As they were going out from Jericho. So now in Luke eighteen thirty five, it says, "And it came about that as he was approaching." Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a multitude going by, he began to inquire what this might be. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he had come near, he questioned him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Now, do you see the similarities? I mean, they're they're almost exactly the same account, except Matthew has him going out from Jericho, and Luke has him approaching Jericho. Jericho. So as he was going into Jericho, so one says as he was going out from Jericho, he encountered the men. And Luke says that as he was approaching Jericho, he encountered a blind man. So how can this, how how can both scriptures be inspired by God? It looks like there's a mistake here. Well, there's an apparent contradiction. It looks like a contradiction but it's not really a contradiction. But for years, 
this 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 scripture was used to debunk scripture. It was used to say, look at this look at this mistake. How can this be the word of God? How can this be God breathed? How can this be inspired by God with such a uh, a distinct with, with, with such an obvious mistake? Really, Matthew says as they were going out from Jericho, and Luke says as they was approaching Jericho, can't be, can't be. Well, it stood like that for many, many, many years until archaeology solved the problem. You see, there were two Jerichos. You know, here, you know, here in Glendale, Pasadena is not that far from here. And there's old Pasadena and there's new Pasadena. Well, it was the same as that with Jericho. There was the old Jericho and then there was the new Jericho. There was the older city and there was the newer city. And there was a separation. You know, it wasn't like they were just right next to no, there was a little there was a little ways between the two. And Luke says as he was approaching Jericho. Matthew says as he was leaving Jericho. Well, as he was leaving old Jericho, he was approaching new Jericho. So that's the simple answer. That's the simple explanation. You know, they 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 excavated uh, one city and found Jericho. They excavated one area, but later on, as they moved further away and their 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 excava- excavations uh, continued, they found another city, but it was about the same. They were both named Jericho. One was old Jericho, and one was new Jericho. So as they were going out from old Jericho, they were approaching new Jericho, or vice versa. We don't know which was which. But archaeology solved this problem. Archaeology proves, has always proved, that the Bible is accurate, that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Archaeology has never disproved anything in the Bible. Archaeology has never disproved Scripture. You would think that as they find more and more artifacts, that something would come up to disprove Scripture, to show that Scripture isn't true. You know, for years, uh, they said that Pontius Pilate didn't was not the governor of Judea because the Romans kept meticulous uh, records of all of their governors and all of their senators and all everything that they did. Romans were great. The Romans were great at keeping records, and nothing in the records showed that Pontius Pilate was ever the governor of Judea. So, you know, this was something that they held to for many, many years. Critics of the Bible, critics of the New Testament would say, well, where is Pontius Pilate in history? We don't find any mention of him ever being governor of Judea. But then archaeology finds uh, this building with a plaque on the building 
And it says this building was dedicated to Caesar by Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea. Again, archaeology confirms what the Bible says. The Bible says that Pontius Pilate was governor, and archaeology shows that Pontius Pilate was governor. You know, uh, I said that that was going to be the last contradic- the, uh, the last example of contradictions. But uh, I just want to mention, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead during his resurrection, the women were the first, Mary Magdalene especially was the first to see the risen Christ. And when she went to the tomb, the empty tomb, in one um, gospel account, it mentions that there were two angels in the tomb, in the empty tomb. In another gospel account, it only mentions one angel. So is that a contradiction? Is that contradicting itself? Is the Bible contradicting itself there? No. No, it's just one author mentions that there are two angels, but only one angel spoke to Mary. The other author of, the, of another gospel mentions, only, mentions one angel because only one angel spoke to Mary, but there were actually two there. So one doesn't uh, affect the other. One account doesn't affect the other. One mentions two because there were two, and one mentions only one. You know, here's the thing. If the Bible, if the, the, if the gospel author says there were two angels, that's fine. And if another author says there was one angel, or just mentions one angel, but he doesn't say there was only one angel. If he would have said there was only one angel in the tomb, in the empty tomb, then that would be a contradiction. But he doesn't say that. He just says there was an angel, and the angel said to Mary, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? So one angel spoke to Mary, while there were, but there were two angels in the tomb. So, like I said, there are explanations for everything in the Bible. Anything that looks like a contradiction... Or might or might look like it's a, it's a it's what's called an apparent contradiction, but not an actual contradiction. The Bible does ne- the Bible doesn't contradict itself anywhere, because the Bible is the inspired word of God, and you can have confidence in the Bible. You can have confidence in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And, you know. And, you think about Revelation, you know, I was listening to Scripture this this week, not Scripture, preaching, about what's going on in Israel. And, you know, when Jesus spoke to John on the island of Patmos, he said, these things must happen. You know, we don't want to see war in Israel. We don't want to see hostages taken in Israel. We don't want to see the atrocities that are happening in Israel. But Jesus said these kinds of things were going to happen. So, again, Scripture is being fulfilled. Even though it's a terrible thing that's happening in Israel. You know, but it just shows the amount of hate that there is for God's people. The entire world will come against Israel in the last days. In that battle of Armageddon, when Jesus returns for the second time, 
there'll be a massive war going on in Israel. And as, 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 uh, as horrible as that is to think, Jesus said these things must happen because he's going to come back during that time. He's going to come back and he's going to put an end to that war and to all of evil. And that's going to be the end of this present age. And his millennial reign will start and we will enter into eternity. But only those who believe in Jesus Christ will enter into that eternity. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you can believe that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus is the word, that Jesus is the answer to all of our problems, all of our all of our situations, I want to encourage you to receive Christ tonight as your Lord and Savior. If you know you're a sinner and you want to be saved, just say, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I believe that you died and shed your blood to forgive me of my sins and to save me. I'm asking you now to forgive me as I repent from my sins and ask for your forgiveness. I pray to be born again into salvation, born again into your family, born again to be a new creation. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for receiving me and accepting me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help me, Holy Spirit, to walk with you, to walk with Jesus for the rest of my life. I pray in your precious name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, honestly, and you really asked for the forgiveness of your sins, you are a new creation. You are born again. And I encourage you, as you begin your life with Christ, start reading that Bible that we've been talking about tonight. Start praying to the God we've been talking about tonight. Continue your life with Christ. You've just begun. Get into a a Bible, preaching church, filled with the Holy Spirit, and continue your walk with God. Send me an email if you've accepted the Lord. Let me know. If you don't have a Bible, I'll send you a Bible. Just contact me at sammynla.kkla at gmail.com. Well, I've been talking too long, and the music is playing, and that tells me we're out of time for this edition of the Gypsy Christian Hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. I pray that you'll be blessed all this week. Hopefully, this time next week, we'll be back on the air. God bless you. Good night, and pray for our phone lines. Amen. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.